Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 38. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going? It's good. It's good. Long weekend. Good. And there's been lots of stuff going on this week, surprisingly. Oh, do tell? Well, before we get there, um, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, the uh, chipmunk uh, incident? (laughs) My uh, fast fail, I guess you can call it. So the the software I use to edit the podcast, the audio streams, when I do the editing, I listen to it in one and a half speed. But if I don't drop it back down to one, it uh, renders that way. (laughs) So when I'm editing, you can think of me listening to all these chipmunks. And uh, I guess maybe I thought I'd share that. No. Yeah. Well, the rest (laughs) of our audience got a a taste of it and... Yeah, but we we fixed it pretty quickly. Yeah, thanks, uh, Yono. Yono is uh, Yono Middlefelt, our app of the week last week. He reached out pretty quickly, and I went back in there and re-uploaded a corrected file. And so, hopefully, most of the, our listeners don't know what we're talking about. And yeah, if you just uh, delete it and re-download it, if you got the Chipmunk version, maybe you. When I go back in time a week and see what we had to say. Um, well, actually, you know, it's probably like that stamp that was printed upside down from a long time ago. It'll be worth something. It's the rare, the rare episode, <laughs> yeah. the lost episodes. It'll be worth something in a hundred years. Probably will. But there's a lot of stuff that happened this last week, so let's get let's get talking. I, I think the biggest thing is probably the the iPad Pro. You mean the elephant? The elephant in the room. It is a big iPad. <laughs> it is a big iPad. <laughs> <laughs> so who who has had one in their hands? Everybody? Uh, I picked one up the day they were launched. I've not touched one yet. Okay. H- have you played with one, Sam? Only in the store. Okay. So you guys are the experts, so yeah. <laughs> tell me. Tell me about it. Well, I was like... Actually, just kind of starting off, I was surprised that they were available same day for pickup in the store. So I ordered mine and and then picked it up later that day. That that seems to be the way to go. I did that with the Apple TV launch, too. At first, I thought I'd have it shipped and there was an option for faster delivery so I could get it by Friday. And then I saw that I could pick it up that day. So that was a little surprising, but definitely was the way to go if you have an Apple store nearby. You don't like waiting. Yeah, it's it's been kind of weird. It seems like every device launch this year, we've had some different thing happen. Like the watches, you know, you could go in and, and pick them up or whatever. The iPhones had their kind of normal pre-order right on the dot uh, and all that stuff. But it seems like they're just like like rolling a dice and all right, this is what our launch strategy <laughs> is for this product. Well, a watch you you couldn't pick up day one if you didn't pre-order it. Right. And you were lucky to be able to pick it up, you know, day 24 or something. Yeah. Yeah, and there was quite a delay in delivery for a lot of people. But yeah, it's just kind of kind of interesting how that has been going. And there's no uh there's no keyboard or cases or the pen available anywhere right now as far as we can tell. Uh did you did you guys play with them at the store at all? I have not. 
I did see the keyboard case available in well, not available for sale in the store, but they had it on a demo model. And I, but I didn't play with it. So no one's penciled yet. No. No. No, not yet. I ordered one. I okay. Think it'll ship maybe on the twentieth at the earliest. So I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't available day one. I I feel like in a lot of ways that's the killer feature of the iPad Pro. And for it to not be available at the same time just seems a little bit weird. Yeah, I'd... I remember I remember back when the original iPad came out, Steve Jobs was like, there, there's no reason to do this unless it's really better at something than the other iPads. And it seems like the, the thing that the iPad Pro has, other than the bigger screen, is like you can do the pencil input and you can do the keyboard in a better way. And it's, yeah, it's just kind of weird that uh, let's just ship it and... We'll have that stuff come out later. That's... It's like shipping an Apple TV without the remote app update. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, I kind of feel like kind of feel like they would have been better off waiting for the pencil to be available. But you know, they did. What was it? Uh, pretty close to the end of when they say they'd launch it. Yeah. So they they kind of had to get something out there. Um. I did see a commercial for the Surface Pro 4, I think it was, and their stylus, it, you know, the commercial almost looked like a iPad Pro commercial in a lot of ways. The screen size is the same. The stylus is pretty comparable. I saw a comparison video online, and supposedly the Apple Pencil performs slightly better, a little less laggy, but it seemed like you know, it was fairly comparable experience. The video I saw, the Apple Pencil was less laggy, but also the curves that it was making. Now, it could have just been the drawing app, but the curves were a lot more smooth in the iPad Pro video than they were with the Surface. So I guess it's probably related to how much it samples. But yeah, the the video I saw, they were showing it, slowing it down to... I think 60 frames per second or maybe it was 120 and when they showed the full speed version of it the guy was just scribbling on there as fast as he could but the the iPad was definitely smooth better arcs he was kind of just drawing a bunch of circles and the surface work was kind of jagged yeah yeah and I like you said you know we don't know how much of that is the hardware versus the particular app they're using for the drawing so could just be a software issue um, that makes the difference, or it could actually be something different in the hardware. But you know, it's 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 interesting that you know Microsoft has fairly comparable features around the same time as Apple. In fact, they might already have their stylus, <laughs> while we're still <laughs> waiting. Yeah, one thing that I thought might was kind of interesting about the uh, the date that they launched it was that. It's a big shopping day in uh, China. Have you guys heard about this at all? Oh, Singles Day. Singles Day. Yeah, 11-11. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard what it is, but the explanation that I've heard is that basically it's kind of like an anti-Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, and, and it's like on Valentine's Day, it's like this holiday where, you know, people, uh, everything's commercialized. And you have to buy a bunch of stuff for your significant other. But this day is kind of... Uh, if you're single, you just buy stuff for yourself. 
And apparently it's a bigger online shopping day than like uh, Cyber Monday or Black Friday. Well, it's economies of scale right yeah. there. Yeah. And we also have Black Friday. And, you know, some stores are starting their Black Friday sales already. Not that the iPad Pro is going to be on that list, but I, I think there may have been one or two uh, ads for a, a little bit of a discount on the iPad Pro or pre-orders from some of the retailers. Yeah, but it makes you think that maybe, I mean, they launched it on 11.11 because that's when all the people in China spend a bunch of money, so you got to have it out by then or else you're going to miss out. I don't know. Yeah. So now, now all of them are going to come over here as tourists and they're going to be holding up their giant iPads to take pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I will definitely say, you know, picking up the iPad pro every time I pick it up, I'm blown away with how big the screen is, but it doesn't necessarily feel that much heavier than my other iPad. The weight, the weight's a little more distributed, I think. So it, it feels, uh, manageable but the screen is definitely nice and big maybe bigger than it needs to be but <laughs> so how do you like the sound honestly i i can't really tell much of a difference i'm not you know we, we in the office we played a movie on the ipad to test out the sound uh, a few of the audio files i think thought that it it sounded good but did you crank it? I don't. We didn't crank it, no. But I mean, it doesn't have like a lot of bass or anything. So playing a movie, it's you know, it's not gonna be thumping, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought part of it was that I mean, you could actually crank it, whereas the other iPads and even iPhones, you just got the one mono speaker. Yeah. I usually put headphones in if I'm gonna play a game or. You know, watch a video or something on the iPad. So, you know, I'm, I'm not really going to get a whole lot of value out of the speakers. But, you know, for people who, who do um, play games and, and watch videos with the speakers, I'm, I'm sure it's a much better experience. So do you think you'll use it more than your old iPad? I use my old iPad pretty much every day, so... Um, I don't see this as being any different. You know, I use it for work, but I also use it at home quite a bit. Especially, you know, if the kids are dominating the, the TV, watching YouTube or something, I'll watch something on the iPad. But, I, you know, one thing, I, I, I do think the split view on the iPad Pro is a really nice feature. You know, it seems very functional. You know, finding the right apps, getting some pro apps on there uh, that I can use for work, I think I'll get a lot of value out of that. I would, I don't think I appreciated this split view feature as much when they announced it, but I think on the iPad Pro, it seems like it it'll be fairly functional. It's one of those new features that makes sense on the hardware that Apple was putting out for that yeah. particular and OS the release. The screen's big enough that, you know, you can get two full-featured apps side-by-side, side and and it makes sense. 
Right. So how do you like, how do you uh, feel about your other iPad once you've been handling the, the giant iPad pro? I don't know. Um, so I'll, I'll give you my, my experience went into the Apple store, found the, the pro toyed with it for a little while and then walked over to the iPads, but I wasn't sure whether I was looking at a regular air or a mini because <laughs> it just felt that small. Yeah. So it, it really makes me sad to think that I've got a tiny iPad now. Yeah, well, I I think they all can kind of fit their niche. I think the iPad Mini is great for traveling, um, reading books, things like that. I don't know if I would find the iPad Pro comfortable for reading, at least a book, a long book. Um, I have yet to try and take it to a business meeting or out out to clients. Um, so I, I don't know how cumbersome it's going to be. I'm kind of waiting to have a case available. I'm not, not necessarily going to get a keyboard case, but the bigger iPad definitely feels like if I drop it, it'll shatter. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it does weigh as much as a original iPad, which is surprising. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the original iPad felt bulky. Yeah. And it also felt pretty sturdy. This doesn't feel nearly as bulky. And it almost feels a little cheap in some ways. <laughs> well, it is so light. You're you're amazed. Yeah. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, uh, you know, I feel like I, I need to have a case on it to keep it uh, from getting damaged when it gets dropped. Because I could easily see this thing getting knocked off the table or, or something. That would be an expensive screen replacement. Yep. So... Do you have a case that you like now, or, or are you just waiting to see what comes out? Or I ordered uh, the smart cover and silicon case back for the iPad Pro. It's a lot of money for a case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think you add it up, it's $150, which I think is the same as the keyboard case, but you don't get Almost. the back with that. It's like a, it's like a two... Apple TV remotes worth of a case. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty obnoxious, <laughs> but at the same time, it's an expensive product, and you know, I will be bringing it out and about, and mm -hmm. taking it to meetings and um, visiting clients. So I want to make sure I've got a case on it. I'm you sure there's going to be a lot of third-party cases very soon if there aren't already that are a lot cheaper. Do you think we'll get any bend videos on YouTube about this one? I can see that. I don't know if this has the higher... Um, the higher grade uh, aluminum? Yeah. Did you say bend or blend, Sam? <laughs> bend. <laughs> I've got to imagine, well, the blend has already, has already got a video up there. That'd be a really big blender. <laughs> so I think, you know, look at this from a development perspective. I think there's more motivation to make sure your iPad apps work well with the multitasking features. You know, split view, slide over, picture in picture. Uh, but it also means you need to do a lot more testing. It depends on your niche. 
like consumer level app. Right. Yeah, if you're if it's a game, probably doesn't need to be split view. But then again, I could see playing a card game uh, on one half of the screen and doing something on another half. <laughs> yeah, you're not the first person to tell me that, but there's just so much work into making that thing resizable completely. Right. right. And 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 that's kind of my point. Like for the developers out there, that this is whole new set of test scenarios that you need to consider you can't just turn it on and um you know i noticed a glitch in one app where the app resized okay in the split view and the compact size but a popover that normally would not have been full screen for whatever reason took up the entire screen so there's no no way to <laughs> dismiss it so you had to resize the the app and so you can get to a scenario where you could close the popover. Oh, they were probably using screen bounds to size the well, popover. They might have just been using the UI alert controller and it said, oh, I'm compact. I should be full screen. Hmm. I would think that that sounds like it'd be an Apple bug fast case. I don't yeah. disagree with you on that, but... Uh, but it's one of those things that we as developers now need to test for and make sure our app behaves properly in scenarios that we didn't have to worry about before. That's assuming that iPad usage will trend back up because of this. Because they've been trending low. I don't know if usage has been down, but sales have been down. One thing I was curious about, though, is I've seen some complaints from people on Twitter that a lot of the iPad apps like launch in like a a stretched mode. Have you did did you experience that, Alex? With any oh, of the I, apps you, I had definitely or a lot see. Uh, I see apps get stretched when resizing. So I I can see where that may come up. No, I think it's like a like ones that don't support resizing. Like you launch it yeah. and it's you're not you didn't see any of that. I have not seen that. Okay. I, I have seen apps stretch during resize, apps that were mm -hmm. intended to be resized, but I have okay. not seen uh, too many mm -hmm. apps on launch. But it's quite possible I haven't tested any that don't support the multitasking. Well, you told me you launched my app, so you've tested at least one that doesn't uh, support multitasking. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that being stretched. There was a lot of white space in some of the views, but... Yep. <laughs> so did they release a new size class for this, or is it still the same as the regular iPad? I think it's still regular, regular, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I I think I need to double check to see what happens when you're at different, um, different uh, proportions of the split view. But I believe it's still the same, but I would double check that to be sure. But even the no split view at all is all regular, regular, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. there's no... Which seems insane. <laughs> and I've heard a few people talk about wanting to use the space better, but you don't really have a different size class, so now you've got to start looking at screen dimensions, maybe? And that seems a little that bit risky. Yeah, it seems a bit... Like you're going to paint yourself into a corner if you do that. So I'm not sure. 
what the answer is to use the space better. Yeah, I'm kind of running into that issue a little bit just with the uh, regular, the old iPhone, the old 4-inch iPhone with the 6 Plus. Because the dimensions are the same, but you're it's a much wider screen. Yeah, when you went from iPhone 4, 4S to iPhone 5, you had more pixels on the bottom that but, theoretically you could do more with. but Which was really just, I don't have to scroll as much. Right. In most cases, that was the right way to do it. Some developers, I think, put some additional information at the bottom if it wasn't a scroll view. But you're still kind of relying on checking screen dimensions in order to pull that off. And and I, I think people who did that might regret it now. Maybe not. Well, those are the ones that said, no, no way, auto layout. We're not dealing yeah. with you. Yeah. And they've either converted to auto layout by now or they're uh, making their own layout engines. Yeah. And, you know, as far as uh, image sizes go, has anybody looked in to see, do, does the uh, assets change at all on the iPad Pro? You know, we're not, are we looking at, at three images or is it at two still? They didn't play up the, the pixel density in the um, rollout or the the introduction, so I don't think it's more than two x. Yeah, I haven't uh, read one way or the other. So, I think if if we needed to start adding at three x assets, we would have been strongly encouraged to do so by Apple. So the apps looked as good as possible on the iPad Pro. They say it's 2x. That's not on Apple's website. That's just comments in a forum. Now maybe the i the Air 3 will be at 3x. I guess we'll wait and see. Maybe we'll get something at WWDC next year or follow up tech talk. Um, which there is a series of tech talks scheduled for the Apple TV. Sadly, nowhere near the mid- Midwest. Yeah, they're in a number of major cities across the globe. And I'm guessing all the tickets are sold out already. I, I think those go fairly quick. Maybe maybe not as quick as WWDC, but not too far off from that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've never tried to go to one, so I don't know what it's like. They, and they usually release the videos pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, the ones for the Apple Watch weren't. Did they actually do tech talks for the watch? They did a a special lab where you could go in and work with the Apple engineers on your watch app. I don't recall if there was a tech talk or not. Okay, they did release some videos online. I, I remember that. In addition to the iPad Pro, we got some updates to iTunes Connect this past week. Uh, Apple's constantly trying to improve that experience and add more features, respond to user feedback. 
Okay. So what are the big ones? Uh, you now have kind of multiple logins. So before you had an Apple ID tied to each team or account. Now you can have one Apple ID and access multiple what Apple calls providers. Similar to what you had before with the developer portal, where after you logged in, you picked which team you were associated with. At least that's my understanding. Okay. Then they also increased a lot of the limits related to test flight. Uh, so you can now have up to 2,000 external testers. You can... Um, they, they extended the expiration and you can now do... You can now submit up to six updates per day to your external testers, which before... I, not sure what the limit was before, but I didn't realize it was constrained. Not that I would expect to ship six updates in a single day to <laughs> external testers. That seems a bit crazy. Is that by app or by team, maybe? It doesn't specify. I thought I saw at one point that there is like 100 binary submission per team per day. Well, you can now test up to 100 apps at the same time for up to 60 days. So they bumped a bunch of the, the numbers up. Yeah. The external users is nice because you can do 2,000 testers now per app. They also rolled out test flight for tvOS to everyone. So you can now invite internal and external testers to test your tvOS apps. And this one's probably more important for like more enterprise-y type places, but they have like app-specific user roles. Uh, so you don't have to... If you if you have like hundreds of apps or something like that, you're some gigantic company, you can grant specific rights to specific people for specific apps now. A little more fine-grained. They've also made some minor updates to the sales and trends reports, adding TV OS apps, uh, as well as a new client app to... Uh, download reports called Reporter. And I, there's a few people who've reported that the search algorithm for app discovery has been tweaked as well. So uh, if you've got apps out there, it might be worth checking out to see if, uh, see if searches produce different results than they did before. There were a few developers who, who have noticed a change. Apple typically does not disclose their algorithm or or announce when they change it. So yeah, you just uh, see changes in number of downloads, and people are like, "What happened? Oh, yeah. there must have been a search change." Yeah, <laughs> like I think I think it sounds like it works better for like a Twitter app. So if you search for Twitter, you'll get Tweetbot and Twitterific and stuff now. Whereas you used to get a bunch of garbage apps, and I think like. A lot of those scammy, like, guides to this game or whatever, if you search for them, those don't show up anymore either. So that's good. But I, I did see some some folks saying that their app downloads dropped in half when the change made. So that's that's probably not a, a good thing. But my app seemed to have stayed pretty steady. I'm not sure. So maybe, maybe we just didn't get hit by the uh, changes one way or the other. So, and related to that, Apple also sent out emails for inviting people to participate 
in a market research uh, survey for iTunes Connect and the App Store in general, which Apple does periodically with the App Store, and this isn't the first time they've done it. They ask questions about what's effective for you running your your app business, um, you know, questions about discoverability of your apps, effectiveness of the tools. Uh, they even ask what you call the place where people download your apps from, which is kind of interesting. It's the Google Play Store, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, some people say iTunes, some people say the app stores, you know, it. It's uh, some people just say Apple. And so it, it would be interesting if based on that Apple changed the name of the app store. They they beat the the way you're supposed to like have that branded button in into your head so much. Yeah. Well, that was also some of the questions that they asked was the the marketing tools, the buttons, is that helpful as that had a positive impact are you using them if you aren't using them why guessing most people most people aren't measuring the impact of using it versus not using it if they are but yeah maybe someone has some good data on that and there were some open-ended questions about what apple can do to help you promote your apps uh, manage your business on the app store uh, related to marketing and discoverability and then there's always the uh, the final question where you can put in your own thoughts and concerns, which I always take advantage of. And usually it's related to things like review times. Uh, definitely encourage people who receive that email to get, go out and fill out the survey. That's probably the, one of the best ways of influencing change apple did not care about my opinion so i will not be participating in a survey because <laughs> you weren't invited <laughs> that's right i'm protesting i think i re <laughs> i think i received four different invites so Wait. so i can fill it out four times are you sure it didn't <laughs> just get caught in your spam filter sam that may be what happened that could be if i'm the only one yeah because i got it on all my accounts too so yeah, and I, I I received it on accounts where I'm not the team agent, so it wasn't just sent out to team agents. I don't think I received it for every single account, but I received it for most of them. But yeah, if you got the survey, fill it out, tell them that we need to shorten the review times, because yeah. it's kind of ridiculous right now. And any other particular pet peeves you have, and it's not just, <laughs> throw that in there. Yeah, because developers are needy it's good for the end user yeah if you can be more responsive having to wait a week to fix even a minor bug that is annoying to your users is uh just way too long yeah apple seemed to have the theory that you know if you if they force you to have to really think about submitting then you really get it right. But it seems like in practice, right. that's not what I mean, happens. There's always scenarios that you don't expect that you can't plan for and catch you off guard once you release it out to the general public. And even Apple has those cases and had one recently with the uh, Mac App Store. 
and El Capitan. Which I don't think they could just release an app yeah. fix for that real fast. Well, did you guys look into what actually happened there? I've read a little bit about it. I didn't run into the issue because I'm not running El Capitan. I don't, as far as I know, it's only a, on El Capitan, not Yosemite. I actually experienced it while we were reporting the uh, podcast, which was fun. <laughs> oh. I was trying to open a, an app called Shush that lets you mute yourself. And I got the, it's damaged, it can't be opened error. But it looks like they uh, their old Mac App Store certificate expired. And so there's kind of two problems. It expired, so they had a new one that they had to come out. And then there's kind of like caching issues with that. So a lot of times people had to restart or re-authenticate. There's a bunch of different, it seems like it's kind of buggy how that worked. So Apple's checks were, were failing and... I mean, telling you you had to delete and re-download the app, which is what they told me. Um, but then another kind of strange issue they had is the their new certificate was SHA-2, which is a kind of a newer uh, hash algorithm. And a lot of people who were doing the manual receipt validation uh, in their Mac apps... Uh, they were doing it with like older versions of SSL that open SSL that doesn't even support SS or SHA two. <laughs> so if you if you didn't do any receipt validation, then you were fine. But if you did what Apple told you to do, then whoops, your uh, your app can't open for your users, and you have to submit an update to fix it. But I th- I think they they rolled back to a SHA one. Uh, hash in their certificate. So, so the prime example where you can't test every scenario and, and things surprise you and you need to be able to respond quickly. So it happens to everybody. Yeah, it's, it's good to know that we're in the same hands. You know, we're in the same boat with Apple as far as putting out rough updates. Yeah, this is similar to their, uh, they had a similar thing with Game Center where they started using a different algorithm to sign their certificate and stuff just started breaking. But I don't think it was as widespread here, so uh, it wasn't wasn't as big a deal. We just had to update our validation for that. One one interesting thing I saw, though, was, I don't know, I, I might call this potentially Apple's fault, if not kind of ambiguous as whose fault it was, but the users who contacted Apple asking like for a refund or saying something was wrong, they basically said, uh, we're not sure what's wrong. Maybe you should contact the developer, like in a standard form letter, which seemed really crappy to me. I don't know. Sounds like they didn't have the right communication to the people in support. Yeah. Sounds like they didn't know what was going on yet. But. This was like even like a couple days afterwards, though. I guess it could be a communication issue. It just seems like that's that's a horrible way. Oh, oh, let me back up. Not only did it say, please contact your app developer, uh, but it says leave a review to get in contact with your app developer. Oh, no. (laughs) This app sucks. It won't work. One star. So so I could see a communication issue if it was just that, oh, whoops, our bad. We did some, some weird stuff with certificates. 
but the people who are like that the app store review people don't even know that you cannot right. respond to a review <laughs> <laughs> but that's a great like, thing to ask for that? when you take that survey from uh, for is the ability to, to be responsive <laughs> to your your customers if they're not satisfied or they ran into an issue the app store is only a one-way communication right now and not that you should get in a shouting match or anything with your customers but you know there are cases where you need to be or the ideal scenario is you could respond to them and help fix their problem. doesn't need to be a public forum. I believe the Play Store, in some scenarios, will let yeah. you communicate back and forth with people who leave reviews to help resolve issues. Yeah, they've had, they have it set up pretty good. They basically let you have one response to any review, and then that's, that's it. There's no other responses. They can go and edit their review, and they, that may remove your response, but... Um, like for those one stars until you have this feature it'd be nice if you could go and say hey this feature's here now wink face you know <laughs> <laughs> done with that one star thing uh, we, we had that on our Android apps we got a lot of those and we added the feature that people wanted and all of a sudden people updated their, their reviews so it was very nice to be able to respond or or if there's some bug that they leave a review about oh we fixed the bug just FYI, now you now you can get the update and it's fixed. Yeah, so the subject of that email should have been encryption is hard. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like things are at least now we just have the caching issues to deal with, which still still just made me literally like ten minutes ago delete an app and and reinstall it, which seems crazy. But some folks yeah. said you could just restart your computer. I don't know if that works or not, but yeah, that would that would probably be a little more disruptive. App. But <laughs> some apps would be for my use case. Yeah, to reconfigure if you deleted it. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to have to delete an app. Like one password, for example, is yeah, you can resync it, but you gotta go through that whole setup again. Well, normally deleting well. It'll it'll probably automatically find oh. your one password would be fine because it would find wherever you had it probably it's not going to like if you sync via Dropbox no, you're, it's not going to delete your Dropbox folder on the uh... <laughs> although if you have multiple vaults it would probably just find what, whatever the first but vault if you have Wi-Fi so, syncing yeah, that or could be anything annoying. like that uh, configured you have to reconfigure that yeah um, yeah this... yeah, yeah so not 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 the most convenient. So we do have a app of the week this week. Uh, Sam, do you want to tell us about that? Sure. So th the app of the week is called V-Ball Score Master. And this comes from, I believe it's Barra Labs. But yeah, so it's a volleyball score tracker. It's a... Uh, it had a really interesting thing when it first came up when I when I opened it up. It said, "We do analytics with Google. Do you want to opt in or opt out of this?" And so, I found it really interesting that he was giving the user a choice to say give up some anonymous data or not. Whereas most apps will just do it behind the scenes and never even tell yeah, you that I think it happened. Generally, yeah, the the right thing to do or considered um good etiquette is to ask 
and allow users to opt out of that. Yeah. And Apple will do that and other companies will, but I think that's an extremely extremely rare uh thing for an app developer to do these days or a web developer for that matter. Right. Just wait until we have a cookie policy law for Google, uh, like for analytics in the U.S., where we have to put like a big, big <laughs> display in all of our apps. Maybe that'll change how people do it. <laughs> this app uses NS user defaults. If <laughs> 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 click here to find out if this is okay, could very for well you. become another privacy setting <laughs> or to opt out. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it was very interesting. He's got a nice onboarding experience. It's uh, kind of neat how he he shades out the whole entire screen and then just has a nice little transparent view of the screen behind it to give a little introduction. And then as far as actual usage, it's very simple. You know, it's a scorekeeping app. You swipe up or down on your team side to to increment or decrement their score and you can set the team names and uh, various other vi- volleyball things that I'm not really clear on. So there's a spike in an ace category or a counter in here. And I assume that's when uh, somebody would serve the ball and it uh, didn't, it kind of went over uncontested. I'm not really, it's been a long time since I've played volleyball. So. But I assume uh, Frank is pretty familiar with everything. But it's a very nicely done app. Um, very pleased with it. So if you do play volleyball or you have a friend who is a coach or something like that, or even uh, parents, because <laughs> parents are always uh, shouting, so this is something to give them something to do instead of shouting at their kids <laughs> during a game. But uh definitely recommend it. If you got a uh, fellow parent out there that's shouting, show them this app. Keep them busy. Uh, but this is a really, really well done app, and that's a V-Ball Scoremaster from Barra Labs. Cool. Well, I think that's about all the time we have this week, so why don't you guys tell me where we can find you on Twitter? You can find me at AJ Robinson. And I'm at Sam Quarter. I'm at Alex Argo, uh, and you can find the podcast at Shared Inst. If you want to send us an email, uh, just send it over to sharedinstancepodcast at gmail.com if you've got any feedback. Uh, and we appreciate any uh, any reviews that you'll leave for us in uh, iTunes. Um, see you guys next week. All right. See you. See you. Bye.